0: the way that that works, but uh, this uh, marks the beginning of Holy Week. Uh, of course, uh, that is the week that proceeds, leads in to Easter Sunday, which is one of the most holy days on the Christian calendar. It's a day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and so we're glad that you're here this morning, and we uh, pray that you'll join us next week. As Pastor Brad said, there's lots of ways that you can do that, and that you'll invite somebody. Uh, Easter is always a great opportunity to be able to share the love of Christ with somebody who may need to hear that very message, and we all do, don't we? And so we encourage you to do that this, uh, this week, uh, and there's lots of ways you can do that. But for this morning, we're going to wrap up a series that we've been in, and we talk about Holy Week. There's probably nothing more holy that we can do than to listen and to respond to the voice of God. And so for the past five weeks or so, we've been talking about um, how do we become better listeners when it comes to hearing the voice of God. And we've kind of been focusing our attention on some of the ways that God speaks to us. We've talked about how that when God speaks, he doesn't always speak through the same frequency. Sometimes he speaks in different ways, and the reality is there are a myriad of ways that God speaks to us. We've been focusing our attention on a few of them. Uh, We've talked about in week one how that oftentimes when God speaks, it's not big and bold and loud like Moses on Mount Sinai, but rather it's through a gentle whisper. And so it's important for us, uh, because God speaks through a still small voice, it's important for us that we're able to take uh, intentionally take time to kind of shut out the noise. We live in a loud world where there's all kinds of stuff coming at us from all different directions, and it's important for us to be intentional about finding space and time to shut out the noise so we can quiet our hearts and our minds and we can hear that still small voice, because the reality is sometimes we think, you know, well, God never really speaks to me, when the reality he is that he is, and he's trying to, but we just aren't listening because we've got all this other stuff coming at us, and so God speaks through a still small voice, and we need to be able to quiet our hearts. In week two, we talked about what is probably the most frequent, if not the most accessible way that God speaks to us, and that is through his Word. That God wants to speak to us as we engage with Him through His Word. And, and, and so um, we, he, he, as He speaks with us personally, we want to make sure that we carve out time to spend time in His Word. It's going to be much more difficult for us to um, recognize the voice of God unless we're spending time in his word. This is how God reveals to us his His character, his heart, his will for our lives. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're trying to carve out time and listen to the voice of God. And the reality is, and we talk a lot of about a lot of different methods in which God speaks to us, the reality is that whatever method that God may choose to speak to us through, one thing he will never do is he will never say anything that is contrary to what he's already said. He'll never say anything contrary to his word. This is why it is so important for us to be dialed into his word then a few weeks ago, we talked about how that God even speaks through pain. Now, I don't like that one, but it's true. The reality is there are some things that God communicates to us that can only happen through difficult circumstances, challenges that we face in our life, pain that enters into our lives. The good news is that God is the only one who can bring purpose out of pain, that, that God will never waste a hurt. And so oftentimes, he'll speak to us through painful circumstances. Uh, One of the other ways that we've talked about that God speaks to us is through other people. That God will oftentimes send individuals into our lives and speak through them into us. Now, on our end, we have to be humble and we have to be open in order to hear God speak through other people. And then uh, last week, we talked about how that God speaks through what we called um, an internal prompting. That sometimes God will, you know, all of a sudden he'll just give us an idea. He'll drop an idea into our our spirits. A a God idea, which is 10,000 times better than a good idea. In fact, this morning as I was driving in and I was praying, uh, this idea came to mind. And so I'm I'm in the process of kind of... uh, Processing through that and pressing in and seeking God. God, is this a good idea or is it a God idea? But sometimes he'll do that, just give us this prompting and drop an idea into our hearts. Sometimes he will create this excitement or enthusiasm. Within us, and, and we talked last week how that word enthusiasm, the root word of that is theos, which is the Greek word for God. And so that word enthusiasm literally means something that God is in, that God possesses this. And so there are times where we will get excited, enthused over something that God is in. Maybe even over something that has never excited us before. And so God will do that. Those are ways that he prompts us. And Okay, so that's that's kind of where we've been. That's the ground that we've covered. And I really encourage you, we, we say this often, but if you missed any of our past messages, we encourage you to go, you can go to connectingpoint.tv and uh, there are actually hundreds of past messages that are archived there and we encourage you to check those out if you miss any of them. Or if there's somebody that you think would benefit from one of those, by all means, share them. That's what those are there for. Uh, but for the sake of this morning, what I wanna do is is we're going to wrap this series up by talking about one more way that God speaks to us. And that is through what we're going to call open doors. That sometimes the way that God will communicate to us is by simply opening a door. And, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this this morning because I think this is pretty uh, self-explanatory. But when we talk about God speaking through open doors, what we're talking about is simply when there is an opportunity that presents itself. Um, that, That there's just an opportunity that opens up in front of us. The way that God speaks sometimes is by simply presenting an opportunity or an open door. And the reason I want to share this with you this morning, I felt like this was important for us to talk about, is that I believe that there are some, maybe some who are here this morning, or some who are worshiping with us online, and there is an opportunity that has presented itself to you, and right now you're in the process of trying to distinguish, is this opportunity from God? Is this something that God wants me to do? And so you're trying to figure out whether this is the will of God or not. And so what we're going to do this morning is I, w- I just want to uh, share a couple of thoughts about Open Doors. And then I want to give you just kind of nine signs that you can look for to distinguish, is this opportunity from God? Is this an opportunity or an open door that is from God? Remember, it's important that we test the Spirit. That's what Scripture says, and so this is is how you can do this. All right, so uh, just a couple of thoughts concerning open doors. The first one is this. Just because and a door opens, does not mean that that is God's immediate direction for your life. Just because there's an opportunity in front of you, just because there's a door that opens, doesn't mean that it's God's open door for you, or that it's God's open door for right now. This is why it is so important for us to stay flexible and open as we're trying to discover what is God's will for my life in a current situation. When something presents itself is that we want to stay flexible and we want to stay open and we want to really lean into God to to hear clearer from him whether this is an opportunity, a God opportunity, or just a good opportunity. Because sometimes there may be an opportunity that presents itself, that looks good, maybe in your heart even you might think, man, I'd really like to do that. There's some excitement that is generated from it. But that in and of itself does not mean that it's necessarily God's will for your life or that it's God's will for your life in this moment. A great example of this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this. He he writes to them, he says, I'll I'll visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia and perhaps stay with you or even spend the winter so that you might help me on my journey wherever I go. He goes on to say, For I I do not want to see you now just in passing. He doesn't have a lot of time in this moment, and so he says, I don't want to see you just in passing. I want to spend some time with you. Um, If, he says, if the Lord permits. So Paul is is here and he's saying, you know what, my plan is, I've got this plan, I see an open door, and so my plan is to come see you and stay with you for a while if the Lord permits it. You jump to the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, there's some time that has passed between when Paul writes to the Corinthians and now in this second letter, and Paul still has not made it to Corinth. And so some of the Corinthians are like, what's up with that? I mean, what's going on, Paul? You said you were coming, but you didn't come. Well, what happened was Paul at the time saw what looked like an open door. He had it in his heart to go. But in the process, Paul was doing what we talked about last week. He's operating this space where he's, he's tuned into the Spirit. He's listening for God to direct them. He's taking whatever step that God tells him to take. And, and in the process, he discovers that while his heart is to go here, while the door is open, God is really leading him in a different direction. It was Corinth was not in God's will for Paul in this moment. Now he winds up going. It's two years later that Paul winds up uh, being led back into Corinth, which, which reminds us of something very important that we talked again about last week, is that sometimes what God places in our hearts, it will be from God, it is for us, but it's something that's not for today. It's something for, for later down the road, and God is preparing us, and there's some a process that he wants to take us to, through. And so we have to be careful that just because we, we think we know the Lord's will, that's, that's good. We want to know the Lord's will, but we also need to know the Lord's way. And, and so in that sense, not every door that opens for us is an opportunity for today. It might be an opportunity for later. So Just because you have a good opportunity doesn't mean it's a God opportunity, even if it's something that we think will benefit the kingdom. And and this really is why our our very first goal, our goal first and foremost, even above God, what is it that you want me to do? Now we all want to be used by God, or we should want to be used by God, but above God, what do you want me to do? Our first goal should be, who do you want me to be? God, who do you want me to be? We need to focus on being over doing. And who does God want us to be? Well, well, God is all about sonship. It's about daughtership. God wants you to be first and foremost his son. He wants you to be his daughter. It's all about relationship with God. Uh, This this is why uh, we talked again about last week, that the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him is one where we're listening to his voice, and then in obedience, we are doing whatever it is that he tells us to do immediately in that moment. So when God says, take this step, I want you to head this way, we take the step. And then we listen. God, what do you want me to do next? Where do you want me to go next? I want you to, I want you to go here. So we take that step and we listen. And God, I think, I think you said that you wanted me to do this, so I'm going to take that step and I'm listening and wait, wait, nope, that wasn't, nope. So, okay, God, you want me to go this way. So there's this relationship of continual dependence, of listening to the voice of God and then being obedient. And and the truth is that God very rarely if ever when he's calling us in a direction when he's calling us to do something will reveal the entire plan you know this these are steps A through Z and one of the reasons why that God doesn't do that is because most of us, our human tendency is, is, is if I know the plan is God wants me to go here, God wants me to do this, then man, my human tendency is I am off and running. I know the plan, I'm gonna work the plan, I'm gonna go do this thing, and I take off. And unintentionally, what I do sometimes is I leave God back here because I'm doing what I think God wants me to do, and so I'm just going to take off. And what God cares more about what we can do for him is he cares about relationship with us. And so very rarely will he tell us the entire plan from front to, to end. And, and you see this, you know, this, this whole uh, process of listening and obedience and dependence on faith, you see this play out through the Apostle Paul's life. For example, you see in Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 6 and 7, it says, And and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came to uh, Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus, what, didn't allow them to go. And, and so here's Paul. He, he has already had one missionary experience in, in uh, Asia Minor, and it's been a wonderful experience. Paul has preached the gospel. Uh, people have come to know Jesus. They've been connected with Jesus. And so Paul, in his heart, he's got a heart for Asia Minor. He wants to continue this ministry in Asia Minor. And in his humanness, he sees this open door But God says, Paul, that open door is not your open door right now. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is, number one, that we develop a sensitivity to remain in this place of, okay, God, you want me to go here? I'm going to go here. Okay, God, you want me to do this? I'm going to do this. We develop this sensitivity of I'm not going to do anything without bringing it to you first and listening for your direction. And so we have to remain sensitive and not just run through any door that's open, but secondly, we have to be mature enough to take our desires and put them underneath God's will. That God's will always trumps whatever our desires are. For Paul, his desire is to go back through this area and preach in Asia, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, it's not a sinful thing by any stretch of the imagination, it's a good thing, but what is on God's heart for Paul, what Paul doesn't know is that God's heart is Rome and Europe. This is the direction that God wants to lead Paul. So sometimes, if we're not sensitive, we can see an open door and think just because it's an open door, it's it's our open door, and miss what God wants to do. Number two, second thought is this, I think it's important for us to realize that Just because God opens a door doesn't mean that it's all going to be easy. I mean, God can open the door, but just because he opens a door doesn't mean that everything is just going to fall in place. I think sometimes we we can fall into the trap of having this idea that if it's really God who opened the door, one of the ways we can test this is that everything's just going to kind of fall in place, that it's all going to be easy. Everything's going to come together with little or no effort. And I hate to burst your bubble on this, but very rarely is that the case. In fact, it's usually not the case. Now, God is going to bring things together, and he is the one who's going to do it. Now, one of the things that, you know, we, 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 we've talked about this before, but uh, one of the ways we, we talked about, I think, in our, our, uh, when we did the Dream Big uh, series was that um, God calls us to dreams that are bigger than ourselves, And so God will open doors for us to step into a direction that uh, requires more than what we have to give, more resources. Uh, We we need God to come through in order for it to happen. And so God will call us into that place, and it is God who has to bring everything together, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that when you're following Jesus that you're not going to face difficulties and challenges and even resistance. The, the truth is that sometimes God will open a door and he will call you into a specific direction and sometimes people who you thought were going to go with you and who will support would support you don't. Sometimes, when God is calling you to a direct, in a direction, sometimes there were people who you thought would be in your corner, they wind up not being in your corner, and they even wind up turning on you. I remember... Uh, Uh, Kay Warren wrote a book, Rick Warren's wife, Saddleback Church in in, uh, California, and talked about how that when they were planting and they were growing Saddleback Church, which is one of the largest churches in the United States, and as, as they were in the process of that, some of their very best friends all of a sudden turned on them and began, they became adversaries. It doesn't mean just because God is leading you in a direction that everything is going to be easy. This is the case for Paul in First Corinthians chapter 16. Paul says, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for there's this wide door for effective work that is opened for me. And so here's Paul. He's having one of the greatest revivals in human history. The, the word of God is spreading all throughout Asia Minor. People are coming to know Jesus. Lives are being transformed. And so Paul says, this door, it is open wide for me. But then he says, but there are many adversaries. Even though this door is open wide, I have many adversaries. And so here's Paul, even though he knows that he's doing what God wants him to do, even though he knows that God is in it, he still has to face opposition. Why? Because we have an enemy who hates to see the kingdom of God advance. Satan hates to see you advance in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so he will oppose you. Satan hates to see uh, God's purposes advance in your life and in the world. And so he will fight in all kinds of ways to try and discourage you so that you'll give up on what God wants to do in and through you. And so we can't fall into the trap of thinking, wow, you know, since I, 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 thought, I, I thought I heard God and I'm headed this direction, but now since I'm facing this difficulty, it must not be from God. No, the truth is... I think the opposite is really the truth, is that um, since I'm facing such resistance, that may be a sign, now not the only sign, We're going to talk about that here more in a little bit, but since I'm facing such resistance, that may be a sign that this really is from God, because Satan must be really terrified at what's taking place here, and so he's going to oppose me, he's going to fight me on this. You see, I, I share this with you because I'm afraid that there are a great number of people who hear from God, they begin to walk through the door that God has opened for them, but the moment that things get difficult, they immediately question, was that really God? Because if it was, it would be easy, right? No, that's not the case. That There's a reason that there are so many passages of Scripture that, that, that really reinforce the importance of Perseverance perseverance. And so I think the question for us then is how do we really know If an opportunity is a door that God has opened for us. Because we're willing to go through difficulty, right? As long as we know that we're really walking down the path that God wants us to go. So how do we know that the opportunity before us is a door that God has opened? Well, real quick, I want to give you just nine signs to look for. That point to a door from God is opening for you. And I think uh, before we jump into them, it's important for me to note that um, usually, we need to look for a combination of these things, that it's great when one of them happens, and that is a sign for us, but what it's a sign for is we need to press in harder, we need to seek God harder, and He will confirm it usually by speaking through multiple ways and giving us multiple signs. OK? And so uh, number one is this is and we've talked about this a lot is does it line up with Scripture? Uh, This is one that every week almost we have talked about, that the word of God is the gold standard for hearing the voice of God. God will never say anything that is contrary to his word. He'll never lead us in a direction. He'll never open a door that doesn't align with his word. And so I'm gonna say this one more time in this series. You'll probably hear it a lot more uh, in the future, but this is why it is so important to immerse yourself in the word of God. Psalm 119 says that, The word of God is a lamp for our feet and is a light for our path. It is what provides direction for us. It illuminates the way that we should go. So if an open door leads us on a path that is contrary to the word of God and what the word of God says, then it probably is not from God. Okay, so if the opportunity in front of me you know is, I, I really need to increase my income, and so the opportunity opens up for you know me to buy the bar downtown um, that that's not going to lead people in a place of furthering the mission of God. that's probably not the door that God has opened up for me. And so it's got to line up with the word of God. okay, number two, is this open door a result of an answered prayer? Now, now this one just is common sense, but the truth is that oftentimes we will pray for something specific, and then when God responds, we'll start to doubt. God, was this really for you, you know, I, for, from you? you know, I'm, I, I'm praying this specific prayer, I need this specific answer, God gives me the answer, and then all of a sudden doubt begins to creep in. Was that really God? We need to remember that God has promised that he will respond to the prayers of his children. First John 5:14 says and this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. And so we need to have the confidence that if our heart is to seek the will of God he's given us this promise if our heart is to seek the will of God and we're asking him, you know, God, I want more than anything else to please you with my life. God, I've given myself to you. I'm yours, you're mine. I want you to use me. I want my life to matter. And I need to know what to do. What is it that you want me to do? If that's your heart, we need to have the confidence that God will actually show us what we need to do. And the reality is that if our heart is, God, more than anything else, I want to please you, and so I'm seeking you, I'm really trying to figure out what that is, that if it's that that's our constant heart, that even in those moments when we take that step, and maybe it's not the direction that God wants to go, if we stay in tune with him, he'll say, hey, no, not that direction. We have to continually stay in tune with him and be actively o- looking for open doors on how to how for God to accomplish his will in our lives. Number three, is it something that either excites or breaks the heart of God? Is this door that lies before me, is it something that either uh, excites the heart of God or is it something that breaks the heart of God? Now, Either one, these are not in in conflict with each other. Either one of these could be an indicator that this door that lies before us is open. And this goes back to the reality that God answers prayer. I think one of the prayers that we ought to pray on a regular basis is, God, would would you just make me passionate about the things that you're passionate about? Would you just excite my heart about the things that excite your heart? And at the same time, God, would you break my heart for the things that break your heart? Make me excited about what you're excited about. Break my heart for what breaks your heart. And so if the door that appears to be open leads you to something that accomplishes the mission of God, the redemptive mission of God in the world, something that he's passionate about, like say, for instance people who aren't connected to Jesus getting connected to Him. If if, if it leads in that direction or if it solves something that breaks the heart of God, like helping those who need to be delivered from addictions get delivered from their addictions, providing healing for those who are broken emotionally and spiritually, feeding people who are hungry, caring for people who are disenfranchised, the list goes on and on and on, If if the door leads to furthering the mission of God or solve something that breaks the heart of God, there's a pretty good chance it just may be from God. Number four, you with me? You guys with me? I know we're just kind of blowing through these, but uh, I'll know I'm talking too fast if anybody starts bidding. (laughs) Number four, have you received confirmation from other believers? This is a big one. (laughs) I, I don't want to just blow past this one. One of the things that God will always do is he will confirm what he's called you to do through other believers. A great example of this is found again in the life of Paul in Acts chapter 15. Here's Paul. He's been commissioned by God. This door is opened for him to bring the Gospels to the Gentiles. And in the process of that, there's a group of Jewish believers who were saying, wait a second, it's great that you're sharing the gospel with Gentiles, but if these Gentile believers want to follow Jesus, then what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to follow all of the Jewish customs. In other words, they're really, in order to follow Jesus, you got to become Jewish. And Paul says, No. That's not right. I don't sense that that is the door that God has opened for me. And so what Paul does in order to to really confirm this door that's open for him is Paul winds up going to the head of the church in Jerusalem. He meets with the leadership there. There's this council that convenes, and they confirm the direction that Paul's going. They're like, yeah, we agree, Paul. This is the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading you. We confirm what God has dropped in your spirit. This is an open door for you. We agree that you're headed in the right direction. I I remember when I first sensed the call of ministry on my own life, when I felt like that God was opening the door for me to head in that direction, a full-time pastoral ministry. One of the very first things that I did was I contacted a number of people that I had confidence in their spiritual walk. And I shared with them, this is where I feel like God is leading me in my life. This is the door that I believe that he's opening. What does your spirit say? What do you think? And every single one of them said, yes, we agree. This is the direction that God is leading. Now, I share all that with you to say this. You can blame them and not me. No, but there was a confirmation where people said, yes, what you're hearing is from God. I don't care who you are, God has not called any of us to live a lone wolf type of life. The truth is, we need other believers in our lives. We need spiritual authority in our lives. We need each other. We need the wisdom of other people. Proverbs chapter 11 says that victory is found through the advice of many counselors And so if you're trying to figure out if the opportunity that lies before you is really from God, one of the things I really encourage you to do is to seek out spiritually mature people. Share with them what you feel like God is doing in your life, this door that is open. Have them pray over you. And then listen and see what God says. If everybody you go to that you have confidence in says, I'm not sure, I think you might want to wait on that, you better wait on it. God will confirm it. All right, number five. Are you experiencing discomfort in your current situation? Again, God will, God will speak to us through pain. He'll speak through us through difficulty. He'll speak to us through discomfort in our lives. And so oftentimes, one of the things that God will do in our lives when he wants to birth something new is he will create what can only be described as kind of a, a holy discontent in our lives. Uh, I was in my 30s when I finally said Yes. To that call of ministry. And I remember that there was a distinct period in my life after I had really said, Yes, I believe God that you're wanting me to move this direction. There was this distinct period in my life where uh, I was just miserable with anything else that I did other than ministry. I mean, there was just this this discontentment. At the time, I was working as a finance manager at a car lot, and it was a great place to work. The people who owned it were Christian people, and I made a good income, but I dreaded going to work every day. There was just this, this discontentment that began to develop within me to the point where I was just miserable at what I was doing. And it was like, God, you have got to move me. This door has got to open up for me. You see, sometimes before God can move us, he has to create a discontentment with where we're at so that he can move us to where he wants us to be. Number seven, will it bless others? We've talked about this several times in this series, uh, so we're not going to linger here. But if God is the the one who has opened the door for you, you need to understand it's always going to be a blessing for not just you but for other people as well. Because the bottom line is, you were called to be a blessing. That's one of the things that when we wonder is, God, what have you called me to do? I'll just tell you right now, for every single one of you, one of the things that God has called you to do is he's called you to be a blessing to other people. And and so whenever God opens a door for us, it's not just about us, but he's gonna use us to be a blessing to the world around us. Number eight, This is a big one, too, is will it bring peace in our lives? You you see, peace is the key when it comes to the will of God. Whenever you're heading in a direction that God wants you to go, he will always provide a deep sense of peace in your spirit. Now, again, that doesn't mean it will always be easy, And it also doesn't mean that there will be a complete absence of fear. (laughs) Because whenever, you know, anytime we step into the unknown, the human, we're still human. And so the natural human response is always to be a little afraid of what we don't know. But, But here's the deal. Even in the midst of that, in the midst of difficulty and challenges and fear, there is a peace that God gives that the Bible says surpasses human understanding. That there's just that we can't explain it. We just know that we know that we know. Even though we don't know what the future holds, we know that God is in it and we know that God is working in it. And and even though everything hasn't come together, we, we have this confidence, this inner sense of peace. Why? Because we know that God is in charge, and we know that God is for us, and we know that God is good. And we know that he's going to work for our good. And so anything that he calls us to, even though it may be difficult or challenging, we know that the end result is going to be something that is good. And so if we're developing the habit of listening and obedience, listening and obedience, again, even if we make a mistake, and I thought, God, you were me this, leading me in this direction, but I'm listening to you, and, and wait, that wasn't it. Maybe, maybe we hear from somebody else, there's, there's the counselors that are around, us and say, you might want to think about this. God will do whatever he has to do to get us on the track that he wants us to be on. As long as we're in this mode of God, I want your will in my life. Are you with me? Last one. Has it been confirmed through prayer? Whenever an opportunity presents itself, whenever an open door lies before us, the first thing we ought to do is take it to God in prayer. God, here's this opportunity. I I only want to do what you want me to do. In fact, I want to do what you want me to do more than what I want to do. And so is this you trying to speak to me? Is this a door that you have opened or is it a distraction? I need wisdom to know the difference. I love what the Bible says in James chapter one. It says that if anybody lacks wisdom, all you have to do is ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault. In other words, God's not going to say, Oh, you, you should have that wisdom already, you big dummy. No, God is gonna is excited when we come to Him and when we ask for wisdom, He's gonna give it to us without finding fault. So we ask God to tell us, and then we listen. And the reality is the more that we're connected to God in prayer, the easier it becomes to determine the direction that God wants us to go. Jesus himself said this. He said, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. In other words, my sheep know when I speak to them, because they spend time in my presence, they know my voice, and the doors that I've opened, they're gonna follow me through those doors. Why? Because they recognize my voice. You see, ultimately, it is his voice. This is why we've been doing this series. It is his voice that will illuminate the path that you need to take. How can we know his voice? That's easy. The more time you spend in his presence, the more time you spend listening, the more familiar you become with his voice. I was thinking about that this past week, and this year, Laura and I will celebrate 28 uh, years of marriage. Yeah, I know. She was 12 when we got married, so... Uh, but, but in these 28 years, one of the things that has happened is I have become very familiar with her voice. In, in fact, I can pick it out of a crowd. I don't have to see her. One word, and I know it's her. It, it wasn't always that way. You know, when we first started dating, Laura has a sister. Her name is Tanya, and, and, and Laura and Tanya, they look a lot alike, and they sound a lot alike, And I remember when we first started dating, there were times I would call Laura's house and I embarrassed myself on more than one occasion. Because uh, Tanya was the one who had answered the phone and I would jump right in. You know, I was trying to win her over. And so back then I had game. And uh, I was trying to win her over. So, you know, I was, hey, sweetheart, how you doing? And, you know, what's going on? And Tanya would be on the other end and she'd like, you got the wrong Peterson girl, buddy. Let me get Laura for you. I didn't, I didn't recognize her voice. I couldn't pick it out. Why? Because we hadn't spent a lot of time together. But now after 28 years of marriage, I can pick her voice out of a crowd. There's nobody else in the world that sounds like her. I don't even think her and Tanya sound at all like each other. When we spend time in the presence of Jesus... Not, not just talking to God. No, we need to do that. We need to present our request to him. We need to share with him the things that are on our hearts. But when we spend time in prayer, we need to carve out time and space to be quiet and to listen. And when we do that, we develop the ability to be able to recognize and to hear his voice. See, God wants to speak with us tenderly and softly he wants to share things with us that only he can share he wants to speak to our heart he doesn't want to hide his will from us he wants to reveal it to us but we've got to be listening we've got to be listening i want to leave you with one more passage of scripture before we pray this morning and I, i just want this to be a challenge for us that above all all else that we we do what it says in proverbs chapter three as we're trying to discern and seek the will of God and head in the direction that he wants us to head, we can take this promise and we can hold on to it. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding In other words, uh, Proverbs in another place, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And so we can't lean on our own understanding. We we, we, We have to do what the next part says. It says, in all your ways, submit to him. And this is the promise. And he will make your paths straight. In other words, God wants to lead you in a direction for your life that is going to be way greater than anything you could experience on your own. His path is always better than our path. And so my challenge for this morning is, if you're here, if you're watching online, and you've never done that, you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I want to, I want to just challenge you this morning to do that. Really simple. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you, and I invite you into my life today. Forgive me of my sins, and show me the path that I should go. Forgive me of my sins, and show me the path that I should go. And Father, for those who have already prayed that prayer, maybe there are some who are worshiping with us online or here this morning, and maybe that is a prayer that they prayed decades ago. And today they come into this place and really the desire of our hearts is to hear your voice. And the truth is, for some of us, maybe it's been a while since we really could say, I really heard the voice of God. I really knew that I knew that I knew that this is the direction that God wanted me to go and this is what he was speaking into me and this is what he was doing into me. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe for some of us, we have allowed other voices. We have allowed just the noise of this world to overshadow your voice. Today, God, my prayer is that you would help us to to take a step back and to make whatever changes in in our own habits, in our own life. Maybe maybe we we used to get up early in the morning and spend time reading your word and listening to your voice and life's just gotten busy and we've neglected to do that for a while. Lord, help us to to begin to do that again, reintroduce that habit into our lives. Father, I pray that you'd help us to turn our ear towards you and listen to you. I'm convinced that you want to do some great things through us, each and every one of us. But we've got to listen to you. So would you help us become better listeners? I pray that over myself. I I certainly don't do it perfectly. You know. Help me to be a better listener. Help us as a church to be better listeners to you. God, would you use us to accomplish your mission in this world? We pray this this morning in Jesus' name, amen, amen.